Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. So this podcast is for movie lovers. It's not a review. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's just a couple people talking about movies that they love. So the format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I talk about a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they grew up with. We'll break down the plot, the director, the actors, but we'll also just talk about their personal experiences with that movie and why they love it so much. So if that sounds good to you, please join us. So today I have a guest here. It is. Hello, my name's Ian McKinnon, and I just threw some stuff away <laughs> on my computer, and I'm sure you heard it. <laughs> no, I didn't, but we could start over. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Leave it in. Leave it all in. You know what? We don't edit. I don't edit. Yeah, who um, needs that? Yeah, I mean, oh. everything we say is gold, so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but- <laughs> But yeah, uh, I have Ian here and then a returning... uh, I'm also here, sorry. Yeah, I feel like we can call you a co-host at this point. You've been on most of the episodes. Yeah, (laughs) you live here. I do. If I'm Uh, not on the episode, I'm usually playing video games. Yeah. Several feet away. (laughs) He's always watching. Um, But yeah, so Ian's here today and what movie are we covering today, Ian? We are covering my favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future. Hooray. Hooray. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I love this movie, too, and so does Nick, right? I do. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm afraid of saying, you do too, right? And then you're going to go, no. <laughs> I, I tolerate it. <laughs> I He's tolerate like, this movie. Sure, Lisa, it's my favorite movie. But yeah, I, I really like this movie, too. I was so excited when you suggested it. I was like, yes, the faster that we can get this episode uh, recorded, the better, because it's it's a dream one for me. I really, really like this film, too. Mm-hmm. So talk fast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eight miles an hour fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a couple starter questions for you that I just kind of sure. ask everybody on this show. Uh, Nick, when did when did you see this movie first? Do you remember? Um, was it last night? It was last <laughs> yeah, night. For the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen such a cooler car. Um, it Well, embarrassingly, well, I think a lot of people are like that. I saw it out of order. I remember... Fondly, the first one I saw was the third one, but I mean, I guess we can go more into that story when we do the third one. Oh wow, yeah. But I saw that one. Yeah, and I save like, some for the third one. No, I'm kidding. Respect <laughs> the format, Nicholas. Yeah. Okay. No, end of story. <laughs> no. So you saw the third no, one. I, thought, I saw the third one, and I just thought it was a western. I had no idea it was like the end of the trilogy. Oh my gosh! But then that's I was awesome. like a child, so I want to say. I just, well, like I said, I don't want to go into it too much, but... Uh, Were you just like, do they expect me to know these characters and what they're talking about? <laughs> that'd be about? so confusing what's, what's to see would be the really third confusing. one first. That's no, awesome. I think I saw the the first one and the... I saw the second one last. Like, I want to say I saw the second one... Wow, that is way that out stinks. of order. I know. It's... <laughs> I had to really put those pieces together. It was like well, that, doing a puzzle upside down. Wow, it's like memento style. Like, yeah, I got just, weird scars and tattoos all over my legs just trying to figure out these movies. It's somehow fitting that it's time travel, though. Yeah, so, that's true. Bad. But that's I pretty want, interesting. I want to say I I saw the first one 
probably several years later, not right after, because like I said, I didn't know it was had more films, but I saw that one, and I immediately liked that one, and I think it clicked in my head. I'm like, oh, this is that other one I was watching. It's just a different time period. <laughs> I really these, like this story. Characters. Oh. It's all making sense. It's all coming together. But yeah. so I don't remember the exact moment I saw this one. But I mean, it's hard to remember the as exact a whole. Moment. The trilogy is like, I think it's. I mean, you've seen those trilogy charts. Yeah, it's all three movies just straight across. It's not like the first one, then the second one's amazing, and the third one's terrible. I feel like it's just kind of an even. I think it depends on who you talk to, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. usually, usually people kind of crap on the third one, um, and people, some people think the second one's the best, and I guess that's just the hoverboards and stuff but man number one's it it pretty much goes in order for me i like one best then two then three but i love them all same here i think because I, I saw three first yeah it's, it's kind of nostalgic for you favorite, too but i really like that one yeah. plus i like westerns me too it's, ac- it's actually the first movie i can remember seeing like all the way through wow like live action anyway because like when i was a kid I, I didn't watch anything if it wasn't a cartoon i wasn't into it i wasn't having it no not at all, but for some reason I could watch Back to the Future over and over and over. I watch it all the time. The first time I saw this movie, I don't know the exact first time, like you said, Nick. It's hard to pick the exact time, but I know I was around 12 or 13, and I became crazily obsessed with these movies to the point where she I just felt... Sent away. Yeah, I was sent away, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like going to Universal Studios, and they had like a, a DeLorean... Um, I guess next to the Back to the Future ride, and I was like, "Say, did you get on the ride?" I did. It was awesome. I mean, I, I went on the good. ride, and I couldn't open my eyes because I was terrified the whole time. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, oof, maybe eight, eight or ten. Um, That's reasonable then. And I was, I remember, uh, I was, I kind of like, I grabbed onto my grandmother who was next to me on the ride. <laughs> Save me she, from all this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, as she ended up like hurting her back, cause it was all herky jerky. And so she had a terrible time and I had a terrible time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a family vacation. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> uh, wrapped up DeLorean. Yeah. <laughs> that seats <Yeah>. 12 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a real DeLorean <laughs> I forgot about that yeah yes. I just remember I took this picture and like sometimes when we do these podcasts I ask people to send me like pictures of like their props or like you know their stuff their collectibles but like this picture of me um standing next to the next to the DeLorean. I just hope my dad doesn't have, I'm not going to ask him for it, but there's a picture somewhere in the world of me standing next to a DeLorean and I'm wearing like, um, cargo pants, uh, that have like military print on them. And then a, like a tank top. And I'm looking what I thought was really cool. In Hello picture. Fresh. I bet it was yeah. really cool. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, like I was, I was really into it. And I used to think that Nobody else liked these movies that much. I know that's dumb, but like I really like my friends didn't like these movies that much. They were old by the time I got into them because I was like twelve, um, and so I thought it was just me, like for a long time. And it's only as I've gotten older that I'm like, oh, everyone loves these movies. Yeah, everybody thank, loves thank Back God. to the Future. Everyone yeah. in their right mind loves Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. And I've met Christopher Lloyd twice. Uh, oh, lucky. 
<laughs> the first time was in Santa Barbara on that same trip, which is really weird. Like we went to Universal and I stood next to that DeLorean. I was so obsessed with it. And then in Santa Barbara, my dad just like randomly saw him like having lunch or something. And he was like, I'm going to go talk to him. He was keeping an eye on the DeLorean. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he went up and, and chatted with him and he was super nice, but he, he begged me to come with him and I like refused. Um, Back and to then, the future? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my aunt like filmed the whole thing too. So we like played it later and you see my dad talking to him and everything. And I didn't have the courage to go up there and like super regretted it. And then like, I think five years ago I met him finally at a convention and he was so incredibly nice and like gave me a hug. He talked about the Rangers. Like it was just such a good experience, but like, yeah, I was pretty into it. He seems like a guy who's just like he's so happy to be doing that job, like have get to be an actor, and he's just he loves life and really yeah appreciates his fans. Yeah, exactly. yeah, he really does. Like he sees it as here. a phenomenon, but he's like happy to be a part of it. He's not like oh that ended my career or something, right? You know? But um, but yeah, so it was really good. You know, it was something that. After I saw, I think, the first one, I think I saw him in order. My dad was a huge fan of these movies. He still is. We watched it with him last night because, you know, yesterday was uh, Memorial Day. And so we went over to his house for a barbecue and I told him, hey, you know, we're going to do this this episode. So can we watch the movie again? He's like, heck yeah. And so we watched it again last night. Um, heck yeah. And I never get tired of it. Like, I just, like, it's it's like watching it for the first time for me. But I saw the first one, the second one, the third one. I think I'm kind of along the same lines as you, Nick, where if I'm honest with myself, the third one is maybe beneath one and two. But I just like the franchise get so out. much that it's hard to judge them. They're just, like, perfect movies to me. So I like them all because <laughs> I feel like all three of them are different enough to where they're not really copying each other, even though it's a very similar plot, each movie. Yeah, I, there's enough connecting them they, to where it doesn't feel like any one of the movies is, like, completely out of left field or something. They wrote right. it in, like, the perfect way to where they can kind of piggyback on each movie without it being redundant. Well, yeah, I mean, and they're playing off the whole history repeats itself yeah, kind of thing. Kinda, each movie is, like, a mirror of, like, decades before. Mm-hmm. Sure. There's an element of, well, it worked that well the first time, let's do it again. But they did it in such a way that it, it it worked and it wasn't too obvious. Yeah, they changed just enough and add mm-hmm. just enough things to where it's, it's kind of fresh. Yeah. So I'm going to give you the synopsis of Back to the Future. In this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town California teen Marty McFly is thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend, Doc Brown, goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters younger versions of his parents and must make sure they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time to save the life of Doc Brown. All right, so in this part of the podcast, we will talk about Robert Zemeckis. Uh, I don't have a ton on him. I have some of the movies that I like that he's done. Like, Oh, I have some. So the movies that I remember Robert Zemeckis for, other than Back to the Future, um, would be Back Cast- to the Future. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, one, two, three. Um, would be a Castaway, Contact, Forrest Gump, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh yeah, that one's good. And Romancing the Stone. Ian, yeah, man. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just like all those are basically what I was going to say. But um, he did this movie, uh, and I can't remember the name of it now. 
that uh, during Castaway, you know about this one where he made mm. that horror movie with um, Harrison Ford and as um, a uh, Mecca's horror film. I want to yeah, see that. The, and it's the same cast and crew. And it's not Polar Express. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, creepy. No, but he did. He did have a weird little stint where he was doing nothing but motion capture, and I was like, "Oh, I guess this is what he's going to do from now on." But speaking of that, I lo- nine was amazing. But did he? Do- oh yeah, nine. That was Zemeckis. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was really I'm cool. Dumb. <laughs> I remember seeing that in theaters. That one was surprisingly. I good. think we own it. Yeah, we have it on Blu-ray. Nine. Oh, uh, what lies beneath? Uh oh! You know what? I've I feel like I've seen it. But so, what, so the, they filmed the first half uh, with, uh, I guess, what you would call a fat Tom Hanks, uh, and then when <laughs> when he needed a few months to lose weight and seclude himself to go crazy, uh, they filmed the same crew all filmed. They just went and uh, uh, shot what lies beneath, and then they finished Castaway. I I know oh. I've seen this just from looking at the movie poster. That sounds familiar. Let me see. It was actually solid considering what they did, like as far as like how yeah Michelle they did Pfeiffer it. yeah. I don't think I saw that. We should watch that it's right good now. Looks- Goodbye, Ian. Okay, see you guys. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, when I was looking up Robert Zemeckis, you know they talk about special <laughs> effects. Uh, mostly, um, you know, because that's kind of one of his strong points. But I read that in this movie, there's only really 32 special effects shots in the entire film of the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you kind of, I mean, you don't really notice it, but I think that's the strength of a good director that uses special effects in the right way, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's like you don't have to overload your movie with special effects in order to make it sci-fi or action, you know. It, it's Especially like, when they don't need roads. yeah but i mean i I think he he does a really good job with that i mean that's why i think some of the best movies on his list tend to be i feel like that's why like visually it holds up too right because he's not relying on special effects to tell the the story movie looks amazing still yeah yeah Mm -hmm. holds up very well it was the other one was beowulf that he did oh Oh, yeah yeah. i I really enjoyed that one that christmas carol Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Christmas this, Carol, Polar Express, Beowulf, uh, Monster House, I think. Oh, Monster House. Oh, we we saw that at, at you guys' place like years ago. Yeah, and so yeah, he did, right. those were all like back to back to back. So I was like, I guess he's not doing live action anymore. Hmm. Well, I feel like he and Steven Spielberg, because Steven Spielberg did Tintin, right? Yeah, I yeah. love Tintin. I think good. like they're a little ahead of their time. Like They're like, hey, everybody, get on this CG train of like doing a complete CG kind of a live action CG type movie where it's like it's CG, but everyone looks really real and it's, it's not for better. kids. But yeah. I don't think people are like ready for that yet. You know, it's like every time they yeah. make a movie like that, it, it doesn't do well, even if the movie's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause so. like, I remember, I don't think Beowulf did amazingly. Mm, I think it, but visually it, it was mind blowing. I couldn't believe some of the scenes were CG. Yeah. It's kind of right. like if you're, if you appreciate that, you really like the movie, but general audiences didn't really connect with it for some reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we covered Robert Zemeckis. I only had a couple, I didn't want to overload you guys with facts because to be honest, anyone listening to this episode has probably seen these movies tons of times and I'm not going to come up with new facts. I know I'm not Right, you know what I mean. Like people that are into this movie are religious about it, so I'll just throw out a couple. I already said there were thirty-two special effects shots in the whole film, which I think is kind of surprising. What were they? All thirty-two. Oh, yeah. Please, that, 
list oh, them off. And oh, actually, no. if you could power rank them, that would be better. <laughs> Are you a real fan? You didn't know all 32. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I read that this movie was released nine and a half weeks after it wrapped, which is like kind of crazy. Wow. Like, yeah, they yeah. had to do it quick. They got the perfect shot every time. No need for <laughs> editing. No need. And then the script was rejected 40 times. Right. 40 times. Like from different production companies or just the Studios, script? yeah. The yeah. general was... They had a hard time selling it. Yeah. Redo it. Redo it's just it. a hard Redo sell, it. man. I mean, when you really break this movie down, it kind of shouldn't work, but it does. It's just that good. It's lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. It's like it was. it came out at the right time. No pun intended. Is that a police song? No, I got that stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that's all I have. I just, I, I don't want to like go crazy with too many facts because I feel like I'm just going to get one wrong and someone's going to go, you're well, not a did, real fan. You know? Did you know that the time machine originally wasn't going to be a DeLorean or even a car? Like no. in the original script? Oh, so wow. In, in the original script, Doc Brown built it out of a refrigerator. Oh, I heard about that. Oh, my and, gosh. And uh, they wanted to do some product placement, so they um, they were going to have Marty accidentally spill Coke in it, and then he was going to get sent back in time, and then they were going to need a nuclear explosion to get back. Wow. And so, like, they wrote this whole final act where they're, like, going to get, like, the, I guess that's where they originally, like, the plutonium and stuff came from. And Oh, okay. But, um... They eventually scrapped it. They thought that kids would play in uh, refrigerators. So they were like, yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, kids I think will they just would. Play in DeLoreans. <laughs> yeah. All the DeLoreans lying around. Willy nilly. Mm hmm. Well, that. Wow, no, I didn't know that. I think I'd heard of that, but. I didn't know if that was this one or Bill and Ted, because I know they wanted, <laughs> they wanted a van to be the time machine, but Aww. they thought that would be too close to a Back to the Future. It, it would have been. <laughs> oh, no. So they went with the, uh, the, the phone booth, booth, which is that, like Doctor Who. Yeah, exactly. Which has been around <laughs> longer. But whatever. Americans don't notice that. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know what? To be fair, um, growing up, I thought that uh, Doctor Who stole it from Bill and Ted. So There you go. There you <laughs> well, in this section, I usually talk about the actor. So I'll start with Michael J. Fox. I'll just give a couple quick thoughts on him. Cool. Um who? <laughs> Only Ian's favorite actor ever. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> you know wrong. Yeah, I mean, true. Uh, you know, he obviously got his start on Family Ties. I, I, I didn't know this part. I, I knew that Eric Stoltz, like, they had filmed several weeks with him, but I, I didn't know that Michael J. Fox was the first choice, even above Eric Stoltz. Like, mm. apparently, there was uh, conflicts with his Family Ties schedule, and so they mm -hmm. went with Eric Stoltz, and it just wasn't working. We'll get into that. Um, but it wasn't working. And so they went back to him. Um, I also, you know, remember him from spin city. I watched that a lot, probably because of back to the future. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a decent show though, for what it was. It really was pretty good. Um, I, I didn't know that he said he was diagnosed in 1991. Well, he's filming, filming, um, yeah. Doc uh, holiday. Well, I think he was diagnosed during the filming of spin city. He filmed like a year or two before he told anyone. Mm, I read it was like 1991, and then he didn't reveal it until 1998. I think during Spin City. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So he knew for a really long time. He said like he uh, he went on set and his his finger was shaking and he just got it checked out and got 
you know, a super unexpected, obviously, diagnosis. And then just, he didn't say anything for a long time because I think it, it just wasn't noticeable. And that's, yeah, he would always yeah. put his, like, hands in his pockets mm-hmm. and shots and stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, that date really shocked me because, like you said, I, I always assumed it was later because I remember when he announced it, I thought it was, that's when he got the diagnosis. But. I remember, I do, I think I thought that because I I remember hearing it was during they were filming Spency and they didn't know why he was, like, late to rehearsal a lot. Right. Like missing days, and then finally, when he told them, they're like, "Oh, this all makes sense now." Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought about not talking about that, but at the same time, he's been so open about it. Well, he's an advocate for it. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I kind of feel like you have to talk about it, and you know, actually, my grandmother had Parkinson's, so it kind of mm-hmm. hits a little close to home. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't write down a ton of movies that I remember him from. I I didn't really grow up with Teen Wolf like you guys did, so I didn't really see that a lot. Oh man, yeah. So he was uh, filming um, Teen Wolf, and uh, he saw that people were scouting for a Spielberg movie about a guy who goes back in time, and he was like, "Man, that'd be awesome to be in that movie." <laughs> wow. And and uh, it the same. There's a there's a scene where he's walking with his I don't semi girlfriend. Her name's Boof, <laughs> which always confused me. <laughs> I don't know where the name Boof comes from, but. Um, He's walking with her on a stretch uh, on a sidewalk, and it's the same uh, street that he was uh, that he saved his dad from getting hit by a car. Oh, okay, when he fell out of the tree. Yeah, it's the That's same cool. street. Yeah, but yeah, he he had to make that work with uh, with family ties. Like he would shoot that during the day, and then he'd film Back to the Future at night, and he'd be like a zombie on set. And worth and it. He, yeah, he was double dipping because he wanted to make it happen. Yeah, I'm glad he did. I, I really like he. He's one of those actors where I can't really imagine someone else in that role. Like I, yeah. I literally cannot. Like I think he was so perfect for Marty. Like, have you know. seen the Eric Stoltz stuff? No, but he's creepy. Like whenever I think of Eric <laughs> Stoltz, I think of uh, the butterfly effect where he wasn't he like the dad that movie like the scary yeah he was horrible yeah. <laughs> job molester dad like that's how i think of him like because that's he, how he looks was like gonna that. play marty he that's, lo- <laughs> yeah he was playing it the same way uh i have a fact later about him but yeah like i i just think he looks very intense and and kind of creepy and literally like when i was reading about this they said he was too intense yeah like, like he yeah was, he he was playing it too serious and he didn't have the same light-hearted fun feel that michael j fox had. Yeah, it's like, dude, we already have Crispin Glover on set. Yeah, yeah we don't two wackos. <laughs> Rain it back. I know he's your dad, but yeah, it's like I don't know. I just sometimes there's just like perfect casting. There's some movies that I really like where I can say that an actor maybe could have been someone else. Like when they say like the other choices, I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. But with this movie, I don't know. It's it, I, I feel like it has to be him. Like I think he's that good. Well, uh, I think because of this movie, I became. A really huge Christopher Lloyd fan. Uh, I think after this movie, I started watching like everything he was in. For some reason, I mean, I definitely, you know, I had a I had a crush on Michael J. Fox. Like that's normal for a girl who, watching this movie. Who didn't? Right. So, but but I also just I really liked Christopher Lloyd the way he played um, Doctor Emmett Brown. Doctor yep. Emmett. I'm like I'm gonna say it wrong, and it's gonna be so bad. Okay, <laughs> Doctor <So>, Brown. <laughs> the way that Christopher Lloyd played Dr. Emmett Brown, like, you know, you obviously they, they make the movie this way where you feel like you want to be in Marty's shoes. You want to, 
you imagine because Marty's not super smart and super amazing at everything that that could be you somehow, you know, he could have picked you to this go on this genius adventure. wants to hang out with me. Yeah. I was like this, this genius wants to like take me in his, you know, time machine and we'll hang Sweet out. Sweet ass ride. It's never once questioned <laughs> yeah. how they're friends. Nope. <laughs> you know, I, I, Nick has a theory I though. I have a theory A though. really good theory. What's that? Well, in the beginning, you're like, why does this, this old scientist guy hang out with this kid? Disgraced nuclear disgraced physicist. Disgraced nuclear physicist. Uh-huh. But he met him in the 50s. So they've already met. And that kind of created the relationship that they have in the present. Oh, I like that. You but see? It's kind of full circle. But that's not... I guess that's not the type of time travel that they're playing with. Yeah, but... But I like that. I feel like that's kind of why they have such a close bond. They don't really touch on it too much because that's not really that's not really what the movie's about. But yeah. right. I kind of think, oh, they they've You're trying already, to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah. They've already been on an epic event adventure like I mean before Marty was even born, and so it's natural that they would meet and know each other mm-hmm. in the present. Well, Disney thought it was weird, right? They were like Mm, I don't think an uh, an older man would hang out with a teen boy. Like it's kind of weird. This new mile boy again with yeah. the boys. It just you know it's a question that comes up. I feel like that's why in like Rick and Morty it's his grandpa because <laughs> at least that makes sense. Like yeah, because yeah, because Rick and Morty that needs to be more PC. <laughs> <laughs> My dad asked that he, he he likes Rick and Morty and he goes how come it's his grandpa and I go well I feel like that makes that relationship finally make sense like at, at least if it's his grandpa like there's some reason he they would be hanging out but otherwise why but mm-hmm. but anyway like, I, yo, go I, ahead. I didn't question it until I was an adult like yeah you I don't grew think up thinking that. like this is fine like and then I started thinking well like. Because he, in the beginning, he looks like he's there to, like, feed the dog and, or, I don't know, like, to clean up. Yeah, because he hasn't been there in weeks, which I didn't really catch on that as a kid. I was Right, like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, like, adult ideas and, and uh, dialogue that I just never really caught on to. But, um, so that's what I thought. I thought he was, like, a little, like, he kind of worked for him or, like, did, like, a summer job or something, like, cleaning up after this old scientist. But then he, like... I realized, well, he calls him in the middle of the night and tells him to bring a video camera <laughs> to a mall. Okay. And then he nearly runs him over with a car. Well, I feel like, too, Marty doesn't really... I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of friends. Or at least they don't come he, up in the movie. He certainly doesn't, but, you know, he's got Jennifer and... And, a, and that's enough Access for him. to a truck. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet enough. Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> Actually, I don't think they were called Tacomas back then. I, I can't speak to that. Car yeah, I can't either. <laughs> well, are you talking about the the one he got at the end of the movie? Yeah. Okay, because that like was I don't even think that was the truck that he was going to drive at the beginning of the movie. That's just the one. That's that the they one they got when he changed history. Yeah, when they became like kind of a wealthy family. Yeah, off of sci-fi novels. Yep. I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> me being a car guy, I really wanted that truck. I, in that uh, documentary, uh, like Out of Time, is that what it's called? It's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah I've seen uh, it. <laughs> I I was like moved to tears by that father and son that like they like uh, create the cars from the movie for fans that like buy. Yeah, buy those them. things go like, for wow. crazy amounts of money. Too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was, yeah, the relationship, like the father son 
connection over those cars was really sweet, I thought. <laughs> I thought it was pretty cool. Um, well, it's actually two years ago now, in 2015, where they did the uh, that reunion. Oh, yeah. With uh, Michael J. Fox and uh, Christopher Lloyd. And uh, it was that thing that Toyota did. They have, like, this big new concept car they're working on. But they souped up a new Toyota Tacoma to look like the old one. I thought that was kind of cool. And that's what they were driving around in. Oh, okay. I like how it's um, positioned almost like a show car when he opens the garage. It's like at an angle that, like, (laughs) I would put the truck in the garage that way. I need a two-car garage for my one car. Yeah, and I'm going to I'm going to park it like a jerk at a a shopping mall. Yeah, pretty much. He put he puts it in. I mean, it's literally he opens the garage door and it's a commercial shot. Like it's the hero <laughs> shot commercial. It's it's perfect forty five degree angle. You know, their cars are like if you whenever he opens the door and see Biff like waxing the car, their cars are like all willy nilly all over the place. There's no oh, rhyme or reason for yeah. any placement of those cars. <laughs> like the BMW is like the same thing, just like kind of all combined <laughs> in the middle of the garage. Well, driveway. he he does that for them every day, right? Like yeah, he. he because yeah, he got two, punched in the face. Two coats, yeah. You just punch the bully in the face once and he yeah, details he your cars. Yeah, your slave. <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes down. <laughs> yeah. Well, in that movie, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, I, I just became like an instant fan. And after that, I watched uh, Camp Nowhere. Do you all remember? Oh, that, that was great, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's kind of a bad movie, but... Yeah, Man, when you still when love it. <laughs> we were their age when that movie yeah. came, So yes. we wanted to be those kids. Exactly. Uh, Adam's family. Uh-huh. Yes, Fester. Uncle Fester yeah. Great Uncle Fester. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I was terrified of him I in that movie. I always forget his name. Is it just... It's just D- uh, Doom. Judge Doom. Judge Doom. That's, I yeah. cried. Oh, and he <laughs> like kills so- that little shoe? Yes. <laughs> oh. horrible. Also, when Sticks his, him in the dip. His eyes pop out and he screams, I'm done. I just checked out. And I was he gets like, run done. over by that steamroller. Yep. It, oh, man. It was too that much film for me. That was so good. Movie's kind of dark. Uh, he it's, was. <laughs> go ahead. It's. I'm just saying. It's a badass movie. It's badass. Yeah. Was the book called Who Screwed Roger Rabbit? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, they. they sure, a, that wasn't fan fiction. No, it's, it's, it's based <laughs> on a book. They made them change it because they're like, okay, this kind of book is adult, but we want it to be somewhat kid friendly. Yeah. It's not really kid friendly, but really I loved isn't. it as a kid. <laughs> um, he was also in. Uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Yeah, he was a Klingon. Was a Klingon. Yep. Huh. Uh, yeah, he, I think he played a Klingon a couple of times. Don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, but I what think about um, Eight Legged Freaks or uh, oh, My no. Martian? Oh yeah. I saw my favorite Martian in theaters <laughs> because, <laughs> awesome. because of Christopher Lloyd, and Aww. I don't remember a second of it. Well, I watched a lot of episodes of Taxi because of Christopher Lloyd, so. It's, just it's crazy that he was in Piranha 3D and Eight-Legged Freaks. Like, he kind of had this, like, B-movie era. I bet he loved it. I remember. Oh, I, absolutely. He had to have. I saw Eight-Legged Freaks in theater with my mom. Because <laughs> that, that was, like, during the time, like, they brought back not really the creature film, but just stuff. That was, like, during the period of, like, Eight-Legged Freaks and, and Bats. Do you bats. remember Bats? Yeah. Nice. Oh, I remember Bats. Do you remember Bats? <laughs> God, Eight-Legged Freaks had Scarlett Johansson in it, too. Oh, random. Yeah, no. the yeah. First, I think the first movie I saw when, was Ghost World. But, yeah. yeah. I think the first movie I knew who it was was uh, 
lost in translation. Yeah. But she's not in this film. She's not in this movie. She's not in <laughs> this, this movie. Is how, this is how we do. That's how the but podcast you know, is. We just talk about movies and it segues into other movies. That's yeah. that's how it should be. It's a movie exactly. podcast. Um, I, the next person I have is Leah Thompson. Uh, so she directs and acts in Separated at Birth, which I didn't know that, but it's kind of neat. I, yeah. Uh, I looked up a couple of facts about her because I kind of feel bad when we talk about movies like this. Sometimes the, the female actors get kind of like overlooked a little bit, I feel like. So I just yeah. wanted to have some facts about her. I feel like they put her more in the foreground than other films like this would have been, you know? Yeah, She's I agree. not just the mom. I mean, she's a big, pivotal plot point in the film. That's true. Right. She's not Jennifer. Yeah, so I mean, I feel like yep. they have to make her interesting. <laughs> and they did make her interesting because she's so, like, meek the way Ma- uh, Marty remembers her. And then he sees her, like, as a teenager. He's like, Bob, you smoke? And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she was a ballerina, which is random, uh, for the American Ballet Theater for, like, several years. And she was in Space Camp, which I love that movie. <laughs> I remember the movie. Well, I remember the movie, but I don't remember the movie. I remember the feeling of wanting to go to space camp. Oh, I wanted to go to space camp so bad, (laughs) and I never did. Well, I'm 32 years old. I'll still go. Yeah, exactly. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Goodbye, Ian. Uh, Bye, guys. (laughs) But yeah, I think Leah Thompson. I mean, she does stand out in this movie. She does a really good job as his mom, and uh, in both the the current scenes and the older scenes. Nick and I were commenting, uh, the old people makeup in this movie is like phenomenal compared to some of the movies now. Yeah. It's actually, it's pretty, it's pretty spot on. It's not over the top. I think that's what it is. It's very subtle. Yeah. They did a good job of, of making it subtle and not too overweight, not too over the top old. Yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't like Guy Pierce and Prometheus. That was bad. I feel like he was supposed to be like over a hundred, but I mean, a lot of times they do make, Old people makeup just looks like the Crypt Keeper or something. Yeah, it's like, okay, come on. <laughs> come on it's like bad. 30 years, or not even 30 years from yeah. then. Yeah. They're not going to, like, their skin won't be falling off by then. It's kind of how, funny. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, how about that Crispin Glover laugh whenever he's watching that show? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And he's just going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember him from Willard. Yeah. Y'all remember that movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happened. That was yeah. weird. That was like if Psycho, his mom, didn't die and instead of the hotel, he had rats. <laughs> he was also in a Drunk History. Remember he was Thomas Edison? Yes, that was good. Oh, he, yeah, he was great in that. Uh, Charlie's Angels, the Thin the Man. The Thin Man. Yeah, he's yeah. pretty awesome in that, too. Had a thing yeah. for hair. It's too bad they tried to like replace him in the later movies and not credit him. But, yeah, that that whole yeah. thing is shady. They just show, showed like another person like from behind, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, the girlfriend and a couple other characters they recast in the second one, and they went quietly. But Crispin Glover was like, "No, he fought it. So Give me some money." They had to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he wanted more money than they were willing to pay him for for the, the amount of screen a reduced. Time he had. Yeah, he had a reduced role, and then so. But I think he ended up winning the suit because they used his face. In the flashbacks, like whenever he went to the fifties, like you can see him standing by the punch bowl and everything. Mm-hmm. That's kind like, of one of those awkward things too, because it's like you could say he was asking. I mean, you didn't say this, but I'm saying in general, you like, said this. You said this. I did. No. I'm going record. <laughs> but like, but like uh, you know, they thought he was asking too much. But if it's so important that they 
skirted around it and kept him in. I mean, yeah, maybe he, it was worth that, you know? Right. Yeah. So I think he had a good point, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. He, he, he definitely carries weight in the movie to where you remember him in it. So I kind of do think they should have carried him over to the second one, but. Yeah. Oh, I mean, well. it's such iconic delivery. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like you can't, like you can quote that movie, but if you're going to quote his character, you have to talk like him. Like The laugh what you did was perfect. <laughs> like any, any, any time he says anything, it's, it's like, it's almost, um, this is controversial. It's almost like Heath Ledger and the Joker. You know, you really pay attention to how he's talking and how he's delivering it. It's perfect. It seems yeah. like he's very like methodical like the way he's delivering such a simple line yeah he, he really he poured a lot into that role even though it's yeah. so small and it's noticeable you know one thing yeah. I, I never picked up on until we we rewatched it last night like his obsession with cereal he's eating cereal in almost every scene of the movie <laughs> that's true i, <laughs> I never didn't notice that, that. Yeah. Were, like even in like the diner he's like eating a bowl of cereal and he talks oh, yeah. about it right he's like i'm yeah. eating cereal <laughs> yeah, he talks about it and he's eating cereal in the diner like before school i'm like what is this dude's obsession with cereal but they they that's really about it they never go into it i guess he just likes cereal and that was and if it's not cereal it's something in a bowl like in the beginning of the movie's like eating peanut brittle out of a bowl yeah it's like some weird quirky thing that maybe he wanted to be in there for no reason. I don't, I really don't know, but I, <laughs> I, I like picked up th- on it since I've seen it so much. I, I'm like, I pick up on like not important stuff anymore. Like, well, I mean, maybe yeah. it's the thing with like Brad Pitt where like he always is eating something yeah. in, the, in every movie he's in. Yeah. Crispin Glover's got to always be eating something and it has to be out of a bowl. Out of a bowl. Uh, so the last actor that I have on here is Thomas Wilson who played Biff um, I read that Eric Stoltz, like, in that scene in the diner where where they confront each other, like, he roughed him up so bad he almost broke his collarbone. Yikes. And that, like, butt. in several takes, Thomas Wilson, a.k.a. Biff, was like, can you rein it in? Like, this is too rough. Like, I'm afraid. Uh, he also, like, reportedly has a postcard that he carries around when you ask oh, him too many yeah. questions. <laughs> he goes... Read this postcard. Yeah, yeah, it gives you everything <laughs> that he ever wanted to say about it. He's pretty much done with Back to the Future. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, my friend Sandy, uh, her bachelorette party was to see him at Addison Improv, like oh, several wow. years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. he did some stand up there. See, I would, I would like to meet him just to get one of those cards. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if he does. Like you said, he might be completely done with it. But like, I don't know. I'd take a card. I'd, yeah, I'd take a card. Yeah, I mean he he did like he's kind of an unsung hero. The whole trilogy, he did oh, such yeah. great character work. He did his oh, know. you know his son. He did three different ages of Biff. He did uh, Griff Tannen. Like he was amazing. That whole trilogy is amazing. He was outstanding. I know. I think he really stands out. I think a lot of times you don't really remember or focus on the bully so much, but I mean. He's just so good. He's like one of my favorite parts of the film. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. If you, if you think about, it, he's the one, the one actor that plays so many different parts. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Marty's always Marty. Right. Doc's always his Doc. Grandfather one time in the third one, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or great grandfather. Yeah. Great grandfather. He, like, he also plays his daughter in the second one. So <laughs> that's and right. his son. Oh yeah. So. So yeah, but I mean, Biff is just. The, he plays the different, different versions of Biff, they're all totally different. But I feel like 
the Mar- the McFly is always kind of like the same. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Good job. So in this part, we just kind of talk about the plot. Do you want to mention some like favorite scenes from this movie that you have? Oh man, there's so many. <laughs> I just remember um, insert the movie. <laughs> insert yeah. entire movie. Let's just flawlessly. watch it. Do some commentary on top. <laughs> the music of the movie is like the one thing it like it's like the most memorable and the most nostalgic for me and that's why I think I keep coming back to that this movie is just that I love the sound of it and the music and the uh the scene whenever he's you know playing guitar with the the band Oh yeah. I mean all that stuff's incredible. Whenever he's disappearing and <laughs> that weird guy <laughs> comes out of nowhere in this whole movie like where was this guy even where did he come from that redheaded guy? Oh, at the uh, at the like at the dance. Yeah, it's like, he just like steals her. You thought Biff was the villain, and then this yeah. guy shows up, and he's just like cackling like a crazy person. <laughs> and that's the reason that like all of a sudden Marty's disappearing. Like it wasn't Biff; it was this guy. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it's just like a little extra a scare for the audience. But then he comes up and shoves him, like barely touches him, and floors the guy. When we were watching it this time, and they correct his disappearing so easily, I thought, what? I mean, that, that, that Polaroid, like, just shows him back up immediately. Oh, yeah. No, that was it. That one shove, and that was that was when Lorraine knew. I think they had, that, they, had, they had to have that kiss at that dance. That was it. I know that there's, um, there's people, like, have a lot of problems with, like, plot holes and whatnot in this oh, movie. Oh, whatever. I, I, it's just some one of those. It's one of those things I can look past it, like, I normally can't, for whatever reason. A lot of other movies, I'll just pick it apart. But. I, I heard that like this movie, uh, they screen tested it before they were done with all this the effects, and like the part with the uh, DeLorean taking off looked terrible. But <laughs> even when they did the screen testing, people were like, "Yeah, like like it doesn't matter." I think just everyone was like, "Yeah, cool, a car's going fast." Yeah, they're like, yeah. "This is awesome, time travel." I don't care. Like, I think that's like this movie. You know, like even if there's pl- plot holes, I mean, who cares? And that's what it is. It's a it's, fun movie. It's really fun. Yeah. Ian, yeah. You saw these movies in that like triple feature at Alamo, right? Yeah, man, that was amazing. Man, Alamo Draft House is killing it right now Alamo, but, uh, give us money yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um it was the first time they had done it at that location um i guess they just they just, i don't know how alamo works i but i think all the locations are just their own entity and they can do whatever they want yeah because they don't always the guy, have the same uh events going on right and so the, the guy who runs this one in, in uh dallas uh, it's like he said it was like his dream to do this, and they had Aww. like they had meals. Um, it was like once every hour, or it was either once every hour, once every thirty minutes. They would bring a themed meal that was based on that scene, what was happening at the moment. Oh, that's cool. Like, like uh, I think they they had a line. Uh, Biff has a line where he says, uh, "Geez, Lorraine." Well, they brought out Quiche Lorraine. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, and then. Uh, yeah, we watched all three movies, and on the second one, they brought out uh, tiny pizzas. Yes, <laughs> it, it was great, and they uh, they they get everybody got a can of tab. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I still have that. 
and then like the menu came in an envelope, like the one he gave Doc that said "Don't open till 1985." That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was great. Yeah, Alamo they they really put a lot of effort into their uh, their events. Yeah, yeah, and they everything was on a 35 millimeter film. That's great. So like you could see the film scratches and some of the stuff that was warped. And That's I remember cool. hearing a a dad talk to a kid because the kid was like, "What's wrong with it?" <laughs> Shut up, boy. And the dad was like, well, this is how movies used to be back in the day. That was pretty cool. I remember um, it's going off on Alamo now. That the movie, we saw the the two Bill and Ted movies. Oh, yeah. And they played it directly from a, a VCR. And they're like, <gasps> they're, we have to track this before. And like, <laughs> they like unwrapped one of them because they had never <laughs> opened it. So like, yeah, they don't were like, even we know hope if this works. VHS still works. So like, if it oh, doesn't, beautiful. we'll give you back half of your money. And it was like five dollars, like yeah. for both. Yeah. But they, oh, man, they like, I would have loved to go into that. They had like this little rollaway table at the very front of the theater with a VCR on it, and they were like <laughs> put the tape in there and like track it, and then we'd watch it from there. It's kind of like in, in elementary school when they'd bring out the the AV kit, it's yeah. like yeah, TV on a cart. <laughs> yep. Man, pretty awesome. So Back to the Future started my love for like all things in pop culture that dealt with time travel. Mm-hmm. Like I loved that movie and then I loved Bill and Ted. We should do uh, those, yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. And then uh Ian like, could be my, our 80s guy. Yeah. I, I could be your time travel guy for sure. <laughs> um and then uh like my favorite show of all time is Lost. And it's heavy in time travel. Yeah. Like, I just love everything that has to do with time travel. I'm fascinated yeah. by it. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that's what, like, movies can do, though, is, like, they kind of set the tone for you. You know, if you have a real connection with it, it, it influences other choices you make in mm-hmm. movies and film. And Yeah, as you can see, it's kind of, it influenced pretty much your your taste. I mean, like you said, you like a lot of time travel stuff probably because of this movie. Yeah, my favorite Super Nintendo game is Chrono Trigger. That's a time travel video game. Yeah. I, I love Turtles in Time. Like, I don't know what it is, but... <laughs> Yeah, I think you have a problem. I think I do. I'm, I'm kind of getting just worried. Now <laughs> just now realizing this. Nick, can you think of any like favorite scene from this movie? I think what what I often pick out. I like to after I've seen a movie so many times. I love finding the little stuff that I've never noticed the first like dozen times I've seen it. Yeah, like I love. It's a running gag in all of them, but I really like in this one where it's like a. At the very beginning, they have that cake for his uncle that's in jail. Oh yeah! Uh, yeah. And then, like uh, when he goes back <laughs> in the fifties, he's a, his his uncle's a little baby in the the little playpen. He's like Get used to those bars, kid. Yeah, like, I like it when they go back to something like that. That uh-huh. is in any movie, not just this one, but that's one of my favorite things when they do that. They like they kind of like have a, a a running gag or whatever. And I think they do it. I don't remember if they do it in the second one, but I know they do it in the third one. Because I think he's in a play, uh, his like great great grand uncles in a playpen also, or something like that. Oh, I, yeah. could, I could be wrong. I haven't seen the third one in a long time. I know that they all do the thing where he wakes up in a bed and it's his mom or his great grandmother or whatever. Yeah. It, it happens every in every movie. The whole bit where he wakes up and he's like, 1955. <laughs> <laughs> the manure thing, I remember that oh, movie. Yeah. I think just because it grosses me out. They always but... do the manure bit. Mayor Goldie Wilson, or I guess Goldie Wilson back then, whenever he runs up and he goes, like, man, me and my sister watched that so many times. (laughs) We watched that, and then the scene where um, Doc Brown is doing the little race car demonstration. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and it catches fire and he just goes, <gasps> like makes that, that noise and his mouth gets real big. He's so animated. I like how in that scene he's like, I didn't have much time. I'm sorry for the crudeness. <laughs> it's, it's like perfect. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he does it like every film. There's always like a diorama of the entire city. Oh, man. And uh, the funny thing you say, the, the Mary Golding thing, is like, why did he like bolt to that big pile of like manure only to be surprised by the smell? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't quite know what it was until he got there. And then he knew. I like the way that in the first movie he reacts to Marty you know, when he's like, I'm here to save you, da 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 and like, he just, he's kind of okay with it, and then he goes, you know what this means? This thing doesn't work, and like, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then like, in the second one, he gets super upset, and like, starts screaming at him, and like, telling him logic about like, if you're here, this is, and you are here, and he like, slams the door in his face, and like, mm-hmm. just his, his reaction every time, like, when he's confronted with, like, the time travel thing, and he acts so bananas, but it's kind of like, it sort of makes sense, you know? I, I don't know, I just always like that. I feel like he's, like, surprised by everything, but immediately accepts it. Yeah, like, he accepts it in a way he shouldn't. I didn't notice, <laughs> uh, in this movie until Nick pointed it out that like he says that he lost most of his fortune funding the time travel project and yeah. that he lives in like his garage and that his mansion is like next door. Yeah. Like, burned like in, down. in 1955, he had like this nice ass house. It was huge. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. but whenever Marty first goes up to it, they make a point to show him. He kind of looks at where he lives now, the like little garage workshop. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like looks to the left of the screen. There's this big mansion that yeah. I, I don't know in this film, but in one of the films they do reference that it burned down. Uh, what keeps you coming back to this movie? Like, why do you think you've seen it so many times? I don't know, man. It, it, it's just, <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> it, it's a, uh... Like, like I was saying earlier, it's just the nostalgia, the feel of it. It's so fun. It's so feel good. Like, even though you know every beat, every line, it's, it's one of those, like, I think when you are able to watch a movie on TV through the commercials and you own it on every format, but you're still what's like willing to sit through the commercials, like that must be like your favorite movie. There's something special about that one. Yeah. I think and that it, happens to me every time. I think it captured the eighties really well, which is weird. I, I don't feel like they yeah, intended to it was do a good that. Year. You got but back like, to the future and me, <laughs> but like, it's like they captured that that slice of time so well with the soundtrack and the look yes. of the movie. It's, it, it's like weird, it, but it's like when I think about this movie, I think about that that time in my life in the eighties, and I mean, you know, I was a kid, so it's pretty good times. Right. <laughs> so like, I just it's nostalgic for me in that way. I feel like it wasn't hokey eighties. It seemed like for the 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 eighty five was the present time for the film. I feel like they went for a very realistic look of the eighties. Yeah, they weren't that. trying. They yeah. weren't trying to make a time capsule of a movie. They were just yeah. trying to. I mean, they like, tried to do the future kind of in the past, but it ended up capturing the eighties instead. Well, I feel like the right. the the nineteen fifty five was was hokey nineteen fifty five. The right. two thousand fifteen was hokey two thousand fifteen. The web eighteen was it eighteen ninety five or eighteen eighty five eighteen eighty five was kind of hokey western, but the actual. 1985 the present was very real you know yeah. it didn't mm-hmm. seem like a set like all the other ones did i thought that was kind of interesting they're like okay this is where marty is grounded this is his reality 
Yeah, because yeah. it was very realistic. And, yeah. like, the music, like you were saying earlier, Ian, like, I don't know. The, the original the score the is news, so right? good. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, that, yeah, that stuff. But I'm like, uh, Alan Silvestri's uh, original oh, yeah. score is just, it's it's iconic. Yeah, you and know it, that song when it starts up. Or, like, when that song kind of starts building, you're like, oh, something awesome's about to happen. Yeah. And yeah. then they have, like, like Biff has a, his own theme, and it's kind of like this, like, military march sound to it. And, like, whenever... Um, I guess that that takes place a little more in the second time, the second movie, but yeah, so good. So good. Nick, what do you think? I think I feel kind of lame, but it's like the reason I come back to most movies. I like, I love watching a movie over and over and picking up different stuff. And I thought it was when we watched this just last night, I mean, like Ian was saying, I could watch this at any time, but I've seen it so many times but I still, like, pick up on, like, a line or something I hadn't noticed before. Yeah, you're really observant, though. Like, you're really good at that. Oh, like, you know what? I feel like I, I don't know how I missed this for so many years. And I remember when we saw it at the draft house, I picked it up for the first time. There's something and, about being in the theater. I mean, yeah, yeah there really is. Because you're not distracted. Was, yeah. Yeah, And that was another thing. I had never seen the movie in theaters. I mean, I saw the second and third one, but I'd never seen the first one in theaters. So that was very special for me. But... Um, I, I don't know how I know, but you guys know about the, the lone pine and the twin pine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I didn't realize it's because he ran over that one pine. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I never knew that. Like I, I just caught it. I love it. Yeah. We were watching it last night and, uh, me and Lisa's dad, Tony, were like, Oh yeah, the twin pine mall. And then when he comes back, it's lone pine mall. Yeah. I didn't, I just never caught that for some reason. It's crazy. I, I feel like there's still probably a handful of stuff like that that, I haven't even caught yet. They're like mm-hmm. little references and a bunch of the references get like answered in the third one. There's like stuff. They like really planned it out very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, they filmed them like back to back and it was like one of the first films to the actually first trilogy to yeah. be filmed one right after another. Cause I remember when we saw the second one in theaters and like right at the move, when the movie ends, they kind of gave you like a sneak preview of the third one. Yeah. Which, I, you know, they don't really yeah. do that now, but that, that's crazy. Yeah, because yeah. they had already, I guess, by the time they released the second one, they're already done with the third one. Yeah. Yeah. And so they kind of gave you a sneak preview of the third one right right at the end of the movie. Yeah. I think, like, for me, this movie, it just really captures, like, a moment in time for me. Like, I don't know. When I was a kid, I got so into this movie, I was just religious about it. It's probably one of the first movies that I started looking up a bunch of facts about and just, you know, kind of like both of you, I got really into, I guess, the chronology of it, like what each part means and how it connects to the other movies. And I think it was the first movie to do that to me. the next. Yeah. And like just getting really into the actors and I don't know, I guess that's why I like it so much. Um, And what keeps me coming back, it's just very nostalgic for me. It reminds me of the 80s, the music, the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. One thing I'll throw in there when I was when I was a little kid, I, I loved Legos, and I built my own little DeLorean time machine out of Legos. <laughs> oh snap! And, uh, nice. and, and since I I had seen the third one on as a kid, I took the little rubber wheels off or the rubber tires off the Lego, and I made a train track. Oh, oh nice! So I, I hit on the train track, but yeah, I, I this really, I mean, it had everything. Yeah, it had like a cool car because I love cars. It had 
it was sci-fi, it was fun, it was action, it was comedy. I think it's yeah. rare for a movie to be this family-friendly and this effective. Like, it doesn't feel yeah. like they're trying to appeal to everyone. They just do. No, it didn't feel forced at all. Like, everything flowed. Yeah, yeah they, they happened to just tell the perfect story for everyone. What do you guys, what do you think you would say to someone that's never seen this before? Like, how do you pitch this I'd movie? Slap them. Yeah, I'd tell them, <laughs> I'd tell them to make like a tree and get out of here. And they'd be like, ha ha. Real buttheads. They wouldn't get that joke, though. Not until you see the movie. Yeah. Or I'd tell them that they need to see it because it's their density. There you go. I did, I called two people buttheads at work today since we saw this yesterday. <laughs> And and just tell them that Billy Zane's in it. So true. Yeah, it's always a plus. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna. There was a. There was another character in there. I don't know if you guys noticed this bum. Oh, and the, the guy that's and, asleep with the radio at the towards the end. Yeah, and he uh, he names him like the guy's name is Red. Like whenever he comes back and he sees him and he's like Red. You look great. And then uh, in the second movie, like Red is is in the second movie too when he comes back and they're in crazy Biff world. And uh, he yells something at Marty and he just, Marty just goes, Red! Like, <laughs> that's, so he knows a mad scientist and a, and a bum. And a bum. So. He's a well-rounded guy. I, need to, I, need to see, I think the second one is the one I've seen the least. Really? Yeah. Oh wow, that's, that's unique. A lot of fun, man. So I need yeah. to. I want to go. Re, I want to rewatch that one. Well, you need to study now. up for the next episode. I know. Yeah, you guys, let me know when you jump on that one tomorrow. And, no, okay. <laughs> it's too quick <laughs> for me anyway. Right now. No, but, I yeah. just. I don't know if if you like if you like family fun comedy, having a good time, then you should watch that movie. There's no reason for anybody to not see Back to the Future. I don't think I've ever met anybody who hasn't seen it. Um, I guess BC hadn't seen it, but she was from another country, so that's it's excusable. <laughs> I guess we'll let that <laughs> so, judgmental, but not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Um, but uh, and we watched all three. Me, her, and uh, Pavel, her brother. We watched all three, like back to back to back, and so everybody yeah. likes that movie. I've seen this movie, these movies, back to back to back, so many times. Yeah. And, like, it's one of the few movies, you know, when people get all upset when they reboot something, I'm always like, calm down. Oh, but, they can't touch this. But this movie, it's it's stressful. It's like, uh, we, ha- we, we did an episode with my friend uh, Tommy, and he said that if they ever remade uh, anything with Luke Skywalker with anyone other than Mark Hamill, like, they better do it when he's dead. <laughs> he's yeah. like, do it when I'm dead or I won't allow it to happen. I'm like, that's kind of how I feel about Back to the Future. Like, I hate being that you know, having that strong of a feeling about it, but I do like, I don't know. I feel like, like, I think Ian said earlier, it's a perfect movie. You, why, no way to, why you would you bother anything. messing with it? I think when he said lightning in a bottle, like, how do you duplicate that? Like, I don't know. Yeah, and if no. they redo it, it's just going to be, it's not going like, to be as good. It's going to be just a regurgitated film that doesn't have the heart. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't, it would have more special effects. That's yeah. all they would do. And like, just, have, I feel it, like it would it, be overly oh, saturated with like pop culture references instead of like them kind of flowing naturally. Right. If anything, 
And the only thing I think I'd be okay with as a fan is if they continued the saga somehow with, like, his kid or something. Yeah, that's a good point. Or, like... Like a follow-up I, movie. Yeah, like, he's... Doc Brown befriends another child. Another young boy. Another <laughs> oh, <boy>. dear. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, Nobody uh, else can play Doc Brown. Nobody else can play Marty McFly. Nobody else can play... Like, they... It, it's perfectly casted, perfectly directed. There's no point. Well, thank you guys so much. No problem. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm pointing at both of you. No, you can't see it. Thank I can't you. see it. <laughs> but I am. She's I'm not. pointing both fingers at my computer, but you can't see me. Nick's like she's pointing at the wall. Oh. Um, thanks. Thank you. You guys have been like b-holes to me this whole time i know and i just can't see it we're, we're like picking on you and you butthead. don't even know yeah they call me butthead on my back <laughs> we do right in front of now. your screen but ah. yeah <laughs> but this was awesome and thank you for coming and hopefully you'll do other ones with us i think all you gotta do is let me know and okay. i'll come a running okay awesome we have to do back to the future two and three and uh-huh. then uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I, er, oh, and yeah. uh, the adventure. other one. Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Um, um, all of them. Yes, Yay. please. Okay. Well, thank you. You can't see, but I'm, I'm doing a cheering thing. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Talk bye. to you later, bye, bye. Ian. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. This episode was so fun. I love this movie so much, as I've said a hundred times. And obviously Ian does too. Uh, He sent me some pictures of some swag that he has uh, from the movie, and I also have some as well. So if you want to see that, or even if you just have questions or want to leave feedback, you can find all this stuff on my Twitter. That's at AYA Lisa Cosplay. You can also find me on Instagram. That's at AYA, N as a Nancy, A-M-I, Lisa. And you can reach out to me in our private Facebook group. So just send me a request and I'll add you to the group. It's called I Love That Movie. Um, It's just going to be some people just discussing all the movies that they're excited about, movies that they love, and also some of these pictures that I'm talking about here. Uh, So that pretty much wraps up this week. Um, If you guys could, please subscribe to us. Uh, Subscribing helps other people find the podcast. And also, if you can leave me a review uh, in Apple Podcasts, that will really help us out. That also helps people find us. And if you leave a positive review, you are automatically entered to win a $20 gift card. And who doesn't love gift cards? I know everyone does, right? So please leave us that feedback. We would love to hear from you. Um, And lastly, I launched a t-shirt campaign that will end at the end of this month. I think it's June 25th. Uh, A few people asked me about t-shirts when I posted my t-shirt that I had made. So I found what I think is the most economic, best quality t-shirts that 
you know, you could have for yourself uh, with our logo. So um, that pretty much just signifies you're part of our club. You're in our inner core group of people that love movies and love to discuss them. So if that's something that interests you, feel free to join in on that. Okay, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Bye.